praise God. Yeah, be with the HR department. That's me. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. Be my new Twitter name. No. Um, so good. A couple of, couple of y'all laughed at that. That's all right. My jokes aren't usually too good anyway. Uh, so glad to be back with you here this morning. Um, and ready to jump into to God's word. I was I was really praying about what this day would look like, and if we wanted to jump right into our series, or if we wanted to just take a Sunday to focus on something specific. So early on in the week, I began praying, and God put this word on my heart as a subject for us to talk about today, and it's the subject of generosity, of generosity. And part of that came from all the different things that I was seeing throughout the week. This is a season where this word is considered. This is a season where we talk about things like being generous and leading a generous life. We just came out of Thanksgiving, which focused primarily on getting our hearts right and being thankful for all that God has done in us and through us. And that jumped right into Black Friday, right? And Black Friday jumped right into Cyber Monday, and Cyber Monday jumped right into... Giving Tuesday, right? Don't forget about Giving Tuesday. And so Tuesday, my Facebook was bombarded with Giving Tuesday posts and moments and different things like that. And, and I remember hearing about all these Black Friday things going on. And I just began to think, man, what is, what, what's going on right now? There's so much different activity. I read a statistic that $2.4 billion were spent on Black Friday last year in online sales alone. $2.4 billion with a B. It was estimated that $3.81 billion would be spent this year, that it would only go up. That's just online sales, not counting everybody that flooded and rushed to the stores. That is a lot of dollars being spent. And all these different opportunities to give, and we're in the giving spirit. It is Christmas time. It is December. I just felt, felt like it could be beneficial today if we just, if we just got around this word generosity and talked about what that looks like for us to lead a generous life and why this is powerful for us today. I did a search of the word generosity and what it means. The word generosity actually just means the act of being generous. So it's important to know what it means to be generous. I'm going to give you three different definitions. Um, just hear them for me as we may not have them on the screen today. The word generous means, uh, according to Webster's Dictionary, it's characterized by a noble or kindly spirit. I love that definition of generous because it doesn't have anything to do with what you do. It's more about who you are. The word generous means to have a kind and generous spirit, a noble and willing spirit. Dictionary.com defines the word generous as a, to be liberal in giving or sharing, to be unselfish. So when we think about the word generous, it's this, this idea of being unselfish. It's this idea of being friendly. It's this idea of having a liberal spirit when it comes to giving. The word liberal there is another word for freedom, being set free to give or share. The Oxford Pocket Dictionary defines the word generous as this, showing a readiness to give more of something as of money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. I began to look up the word generous in the Bible, and I saw over 200 times this word generous is being used throughout 
the scriptures. And then I began to look at the Greek word for this word generous. And I realized that this word interchanges in different translations with the word gracious. So it says in one translation, have a generous spirit. And another will say, have a gracious spirit. In one translation, it will say, have a kind spirit. Another will say, have a generous spirit. Another place it says, be generous with your giving. In that same text, it says, be willing to give. And so I just I give you these different synonyms and examples so that we can understand what exactly we're talking about when we use the phrase generosity. One scripture that I thought was, was, was a game changer as I was reading comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. And we'll pull that up on the screen for you here as well. Um, you might have to click a little bit forward to find it, but I just want to read this over to over you guys today. Um, it, it, here it is right here. It says this, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Can anybody give an amen to that right there, right? Does God just richly provide us with what we need to enjoy? Statistics say that every single person that lives in America is 80% more rich than anybody else in the world in a lot of different places. Um, we, we all live, tend to live a rich life even though you, don't, you may not believe that. But according to this verse right here, that God has richly provided us everything that we need to enjoy life. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be, say that word with me, generous and ready to share. I like that, I like that definition right there. It's a biblical definition of the word generous. It means to be ready to share, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to read a story out of the book of 1 Kings that I believe captures this principle of being generous. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you, the generous one yourself, would meet us right now by your Spirit, through the preaching of your word, and that, God, you would make us more generous. God, I pray that you would make us more generous, Lord Jesus. I pray that as we open these verses, Lord, to 1 Kings chapter 17, God, that you would change our hearts, give us a fresh perspective, and radically transform us in a real way. God, that's what we ask. Make us a generous church this year, Lord. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. So we've been digging through the Old Testament, and we've been following the life of David, and we come upon this text in 1 Kings chapter 17, so I invite you to turn there with me if you like, and we come across these verses in this story that I think was really profound. I hope you'll be encouraged by it today. 1 Kings 17, we read these verses. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Who is him? This is the prophet in the land named Elijah. Everybody say, what's up, Elijah? What's up, Elijah? He's here. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, and here's what God spoke to him. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow there was gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. 
And now I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat of it and die. Did you just hear that? There's an interesting story here that I'm, that I'm coming across that has, has been challenging to me. Here, let me just go ahead and set the tone for us as we just read. There's a prophet in the land na named Elijah. And there was a severe famine that came upon the land that they were living in. And a famine means that there was no food. And then there's no food and, and the jobs were limited and people were starving. And, it, and the, the text points out this widow who had a son and they had no food, they had no drink to the point where she looks at her son and says, hey, we got this much flour left. We got this much oil left. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go bake a little piece of bread, a little piece of cake. We're going to eat it. Then we're going to go into the room there and die. That, that's, that's, that's what this night's going to look like. We don't have anything left. There's no jobs. There's no food. I got a little piece of bread. I got a little piece of oil. I'll make something up for my son and I. I'm a single mom. Shout out to the single moms. And that's what's going to happen. That's, that, that's our story. Now, meanwhile, there's this prophet named Elijah. And God speaks to Elijah and says, hey, I'm going to provide something for you, Elijah. And here's how I'm going to do it. I want you to go to this land. There's a widow there right? She's there, and she's got her boy, and she's going to prepare some food for you, right? And so Elijah's like, man, this sounds a little strange. This is kind of random, but God told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. So Elijah shows up at this lady's house. Hey, so my name's Elijah. I'm a prophet in the land, and God spoke to me. He said to come here because you're going to make me a meal. And here's this lady, right? And she says, I got a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. That's what she says. And you know what Elijah says to her? Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. I love this right here. I want you to see this picture of generosity. Don't miss this walk, church. She says, and she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. So what happens is that this prophet goes to the house of this lady and says, I want you to bake me a meal first. And she says, by faith, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you what I was going to use for myself and trust that God is going to meet my need regardless. I'm going to take out of the supply that, that I was going to use for my son and I, and I'm going to trust that God is going to be the God of the resupply, amen? That God's going to provide and make up for all the need that I would have had if I would have kept it myself. We were planning on dying. Look, she's like, hey, look, this might be my last night anyway. Just come on in, bro. <laughs> like, you can eat with, you want the first bite? Like, you have a bite, I'll have a bite, he'll have a bite. But just the fact that she was generous, right? as I think of different generous stories in the Bible, there's so many. There's so many stories of God's 
people being generous. But I look at this widow here with her son and the fact that she would say, come on in. And, 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 then, and then she makes this cake for Elijah and she goes back to the kitchen and all of a sudden she sees more flour. And all of a sudden she sees more oil. And she realizes that when we bless, we're blessed. That, that when we give, God gives. That when we open up in abundance, God opens up in abundance. And the spirit of generosity is contagious. The spirit of generosity transforms the atmosphere in ways that God wouldn't have done if you weren't generous. And I think that this is a good picture of this story in this story right here. I like how the pastor Rick Warren says it out of Saddleback Church in California. He says, generosity is love in action. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Let me go ahead and read that again. Generosity is love in action. You can give without loving. You can. You can give a gift and have no love in your heart. But you can't love without being generous, without being a giver. Who's our greatest example of that? Come on, isn't it Jesus, right? For God so loved the world. How about that word so? It doesn't just say that God loved the world. God said so loved the world. That's like a whole lot of love. That he, come on, y'all know these verses. Maybe you do. If you don't, you need to know it. He gave his only son that we, us messed up people, shall not perish but have everlasting life. God is so generous. He loved you and I so much that he said, I'm going to give something from my kitchen. I'm going to give something from my heavens. I'm going to give something out of my abundance. And here, here's who it, my, the most precious person to God, his only begotten son. He said, I'm going to give him for you. Because I want you in my family too. And I see this phrase, uh, this, this is phrase that I want to center in on this morning. And it's unconditional generosity. That's what I see here in the text. Unconditional generosity. The word unconditional, you know what that word means? It really just means that you don't put conditions on it. It's like, you know what, hey, I'll give if, no ifs. Take the ifs out. Throw the ifs away. I'll be generous. And generosity doesn't have to do only with money, right? What are some ways we can be generous? Generous with your time, right? What else? Generous with your gifts. Generous with your talents. Generous with your energy. Generous, generous with your money, right? You could be generous with your words, can't you? How about you could be generous with your thoughts? What if you thought generously? You didn't just act generously, you thought generously. How about this? What if you were generous with your prayers? I read a quote this week that challenged me. It said this, if God were to answer all your prayers this week, would it change your life or someone else's life? Right? Hopefully it would be both, right? Would it just change your world or would it change the world? What if, we, what if our prayers got generous? Where our prayer life started to become, God, I, I want to see something really happen in our city. Don't just do it in my, my life. Do it in my city. Do it in my neighborhood. Do it in my community. Do it in my school. Do it in my friend. Do it, do it at the gym. I, I start praying generous prayers. You can pray generously. You can give generously. You can think generously. And it's motivated and influenced by love. It's motivated and influenced by love. 
I got a couple points that I want to uh, point out today when it comes to the subject of generosity that I think could be beneficial for us today. When it comes to unconditional generosity, here's what I want you to know. Generosity glorifies God. Generosity glorifies God. Let me, put, let me show a verse uh, on the screen for you that Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He says it like this in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God because of your generosity. So the Corinthian church, although they had all these issues with them, they were a generous church. They were a church that valued generosity. And Paul says this, as a result, they're going to give glory to God. As a result, people are going to see your generosity and say, man, God is good. People are going to see your generosity and say, God's in that. He's doing something there. Generosity glorifies God. Let me give you the second point. Generosity honors God. Generosity honors God. Out of Proverbs 14, verse 31, the text says, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, capital M on the maker. You know who the maker is? God, right? But he who is generous to the needy honors him. The person who is generous with their time, generous with their finances, generous with their thoughts, generous with their prayers, generous with their heart, honors him. The person that's generous honors him. Let me give you the third point. Gener generosity draws me closer to God. Generosity actually draws me closer to the Father. I'm going to give you a verse out of Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. Here in the book of Deuteronomy, it's when God begins to talk about this subject of tithing. Maybe you're familiar with that word, but it's just the word, it means tenth. It means giving the first tenth of what God has given you, the first tenth of your earnings, back to him. He says, bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of the males of the flocks and of herds. And here's what I want you to see here. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. Something about tithing that I just would like to touch on just for a second, because I know it can be an uncomfortable subject, or it could, could be awkward to talk about here in church, and sometimes people have this uh, misconception that, hey, you know, church is always talking about money and things like that, and you guys know if, if you're here at Walk Church, we don't take time to talk about money too often, and when we do, it's for these purposes. It's because we believe that, one, it's a, it's a, it's a part of our life, it's a part of our culture, and it's a part of our heart. Jesus says it like this. He says, out of the overflow of the heart, right? Right? Out of the overflow of the heart. A person, where your heart is, your treasure will be. Your treasure's in your heart. Your finances are in your heart. Your heart will go where what you give to. And God says it here in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, doing this tithing will teach you Always to fear the Lord your God. Here, let me tell you something real quick. God doesn't need our money. Do y'all know that? Do you know he's good and he's big and he's strong and he's like, hey, look, tithing, I, I don't really need it. I got it all covered. It's, it's, I'm just trying to teach you something. I'm trying to teach you 
about generosity. I'm trying to teach you about fearing the Lord. I'm trying to teach you about dependence. I'm trying to teach you about provision. I'm trying to teach you about trusting me with a portion so that you can know that I'm the one who gives it and I'm the one that's providing. I want to give you a little illustration here, and maybe it'll work. Um, maybe it'll bring this to life a little bit for some of you. I'm going to use this whiteboard here uh, to try to illustrate something. I want to have two characters that I want to focus on today. We'll call them Fred and Ted, all right? Fred and Ted. Is there a Fred or Ted in the crowd here? Okay, good. I'm not talking about you if I am. Um, but let's just go ahead, and we got, we got Fred here, and we got... Ted here, all right? Now, Fred hears this message about tithing out of Deuteronomy or say even the book of Malachi. The only place in the Bible where God says, test me, has to do with tithing. How about that? The only place where God says, test me and I'll show you I'm real or not, has to do with finances because he knows that this peace is such a sticky piece. It's such a challenge for us to talk about it, but hey, I believe that it's something that we can talk about in freedom in, in Christ. And so you, you, you got Fred here, and you got, you got Ted here, and Fred says, you know what? When it comes to tithing, I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I, I got to get from, from, from A to B, and when it comes to tithing, I, I, you know, I need all 100% in order to get me from A to B, and so I can't give a tithe today. I can't give a tithe uh, on my earnings for this week or for this month or whenever you get paid from the Lord or from, from your job. And he says, you know what, I need, I need all of that to get here, so I'm just, I can't do it. Sorry, Ted, they're hanging, they're buddies, they're buddies. Sorry, Ted, I'm not going to do that. And Ted hears this message today, and he goes, you know what? I need all that 100% to get to, to A to B as well. But you know what, I'm going to take the 10%, I'm going to listen to God's word, and I'm just going to go, I'm going to go here with the 90%. Sorry for my bad handwriting, all right? That's like an upside down B. Just go with me here, there's grace. And, and you got Fred and Ted here, and here's what I want you to see about this. You know, Fred says, hey, look, pastor's talking about the money and stuff like that. I know the Bible says for me to give 10% because that draws me closer to God and that honors him. And he says, test me and all that. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. That sounds crazy to me. So Fred looks at Ted like he's crazy. He's like, Ted, you're crazy for giving 10% to your home church and the first 10th. And you're, you're doing that tithe thing. That's crazy. And you know what Ted thinks? Ted thinks, you know what, Fred, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy not to honor God and trust God with your finances. You're crazy to disobey the Lord in this area of generosity. You're crazy for that. Here's my question for you today, Walk Church. Which crazy do you want to be? Either way, you're going to be seen as crazy. Either way, you're crazy. You can choose, though. You can say, you know what? I got to get here and call me crazy, but... I'd rather disobey the Lord in this area and try to make it off my 100%, off my own strength, off my own earnings, off my own power, and do this. Call me crazy. Or you can say, hey, look, call me crazy. I'm trusting God. Call me crazy, but I'm going to take 10% out, and I'm going to apply that to the house of God. It says there, test the Lord in the tithe with the, at the house of the Lord. Do you know what the house of the Lord is? It's wherever you worship. So if, if you call Walk Church the place where you worship, where you serve the Lord, where you connect and, and connect biblically, 
I would encourage you with this principle of tithing. Now, here's what you got to know. This is about you and the Lord. This is about you and your relationship with God. We at Walk Church, from a leadership perspective, are not going to look at you and say, hey, hey, here's Nina. Can you look up how much she tied this year? We're, you got our word. We're not doing that. It's between you and the Lord. It's not going to change how anybody sees you or views you. It's between you and him. It's something that you got to work out with him. Here's what I'd like for you to do. This is my challenge to you this week regarding generosity. I would just say get alone by yourself. Even if you just took five minutes, you got by yourself, and you said, you know what, Lord? It's just me and you right now. What do you want me to do with my finances? What are you asking me to do? Some of, for some of you, tithing isn't even a hard thing. It's not even a big deal. The Old Testament standard for generosity is tithing. The New Testament is 100%. The New Testament is that I died, Christ lives in me, and whatever he says, I do. If he says jump, I say how high. If he says go, I say how far. Christ lives in me. That's the gospel, is that I don't just live for him. He lives through me, and I put my yes on the table, and whatever God calls me to do, I'm ready. The New Testament standard is way higher than a tithe. The New Testament is your whole life. To live generously, to live ready to do whatever God's calling you to do. I praise God that you can call our church crazy, but I want us to have, be a generous church, amen? I've learned this principle that, you know what, that there's not just A to B. Let me go here. There's actually C. And I think for the person that stops here and says, you know what, call me crazy, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be obedient to what God's calling me to do, generosity. You'll stop at B, and maybe you'll, you'll, you'll live at B for the rest of your life. But I think for the person that says, you know what, God, I'm going to challenge you, God, to stretch my 90% and make it work for me. I'll give you the 10. You make my 90 work. What God then does is he brings us into C. And what C is are these radical, random God moments where only he can provide. Does anybody just have some C moments? I know Nina and I, we, we started to do the principle of tithing right when we got married, and uh, we just, we've, we've tithed ever since. God has shown us that, and even on the weeks where we're like, hey, we need all 100% in order to, 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 to go forward, we say, hey, we trust God, and we see these C moments happen in our lives. I mean, left and right, there's been countless times where we just got that envelope in the mail. Or, or we just had something happen for us. Just even recently, we were, this is just a couple weeks ago, we were out to dinner with some, uh, a, a gentleman here in the church. He just said, hey, I want to take y'all out to dinner. And um, we were getting ready to, to take a trip. And we were just saying, man, you know what? Like, we got our tithe money, and then we got this trip money for our anniversary. And we said, you know what? We got to tithe it because we believe in the principle that God has laid out for us. And we're here at, at, at the dinner we're just eating with this guy. And we're saying, yeah, we're getting ready to celebrate our anniversary. And he goes, that's great because I want to give you this for your anniversary. Right at that same time. And, and it was that, that for me was just, the, that's the C moments. Right? That's the C moments where you say, hey, God, you know what? If it happens or not, I trust you anyway. Uh, call me crazy. But I want to live down here. I want to live in this radical faith and obedience where it's like, hey, God, I did my part. Now you got to do yours. Last year, we had a lady in our church approach Nina, and I just said, you know what? I want to be crazy, but I want to be crazy for the Lord. 
and God has given me some extra income this year. And you know what? At first I wasn't going to tithe off it, but you know what? I'm going to do it. I want to make this out to the church, and I want to be generous before the end of the year. Let's do it. And I believe that she left that day more joyful than she would have if she would have kept it. I've realized that generosity, it blesses me more than it does keeping it. I've noticed that, you know, I, I, my, my son has been saying something recently, and maybe if you have little children, you, you know about this. But maybe you've heard this word before. It's the word mine. Does anybody know about the word mine? Like, like EPATH, our, our two-and-a-half-year-old, even just this morning, we were getting ready to put some batteries in the microphone, and he came up, and he grabbed the batteries, and he said, that's mine, right? He, and then I had some mints, and he's like, those are mine. <laughs> It's a very childlike mentality for you to hold on to things and say, that's mine. If that's you today and you say, hey, I can't tithe, that's mine, God. God's like, I gave you the job. I gave you the car. I gave you the jeans to put on. I gave you the breath that you're breathing right now. I gave you the hairs on your head. I gave you the eyes to see. Those are mine. <laughs> like, let us not have this very childlike mentality, even as adults, where we look at God and say, no, God, I ain't giving you that 10%. That's mine. I, I'm over here with Ted. I'm going to say, that's crazy. That's crazy. I would rather trust God with 10 and do my best with 90 than, than trust myself with 100. <laughs> I would rather do that any day of the week. I want to trust him. One more story that I want to give you that, that challenged me in my thinking, and, and, it, and it came from a pastor at a church, and he said that a guy approached him one day in his service, and he said, you know what, I, I, I want to tithe, but I just can't do it because I need all 100% of my earnings to live. And the pastor said, all right, well, how about this? How about you just give me the 10%? We'll put it in this safe right here, all right? And at the end of the, at the, end of the month, if... If you can't make it and you need it, I'll just give it back to you. All right? Is that fair? And the guy said, all right, that's a good deal. That's safe. And the pastor gave him his money back, and he said, you trust me more than you do God. Wow. I think that's, that's what it's got to get back to when it comes to generosity. This heart issue, do we trust him? It's more about our relationship with him than it has to do with anything else. Generosity draws me closer to God. Let me give you this last example. Generosity expands. Generosity expands my influence. Generosity expands my influence. In Psalm 112, verse 5, you see David, he says, many seek, or, or I'm sorry, that's Proverbs 19, many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend who gives gifts. I think that this is just a principle here. Many seek the favor of a generous man. I've just realized people don't like to hang out with people that are stingy. Just realize that. Like, no one's seeking the favor of somebody who's cheap or who's not generous. Like, I'm not hanging with that guy. It's just not a generous spirit. But many people seek the favor of a generous man. Everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. Now, this could be taken in two different lenses. You don't want to be this the person that's buying your friends, right? Like, hey, hang out with me, and I'll, you know, fill in the blank. But there is a principle here that I want us to see, that when we live generous lives, it expands our influence. 
When we live generous lives, people are like, you know what, I, I get good vibes around that, that person. I think I want to I seek favor from them. I want to hang out with them. I want to be a friend to them. What if this December in 2017, you just became more generous? Like you went out to eat with somebody and you said, I'm going to get it today. Let me just do it. Why? Because I just want to be generous. I just want to bless you. Let me give you one more verse out of Acts chapter 20, verse 30 through 5. 30, 30 20, 35. Um, let me do the next verse right here. It says, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. If you don't hear anything at all today at Walk Church, so for example, tonight, if you get home and it's 6 o'clock p.m. and someone says, hey, tell me about church this morning. If you forget everything that we talked about today, remember the words of Jesus, all right? What does he say? Say it with me. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The word blessed in another translation would just be the word happy. It's more happy. It's more cheerful. It's more fun. Like, I get more joy these days out of people opening my gifts than I do getting gifts. Like, I get more joy seeing somebody unwrap a gift that I spent money on that I just want to bless them with than I do from, like, opening my own gift. It's kind of strange. I think that has to do with growth. Like, one day you got to move from mine to his. And God says, hey, trust me, what you give, you'll get. If you want to be generous, be ge here's a game that I, I challenge you to play. Maybe, maybe you like playing games. Play the game of giving with God and see who wins. You think you can outgive him? You can't. If you say, all right, God, I'm going to start giving this week. I'm just going to start giving, giving. God says, well, watch me outgive you. And God will meet all your needs. I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel where it's just, hey, you give, you give so you can get. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm talking about the principle of generosity that God will honor it in your life. You will not go without because you were generous. There's hundreds of principles in the Bible. Over 2,000 times God uses the word give in the Bible. And I think the, 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 the subject of giving is more about us than anything. He just wants us to be like him. Who's given more than him, amen? I can't outgive him. But I want to give like him. And I think that's what he calls us to do. I read this, or, or I, I, I listened to this song this morning on the way to church, and I just decided to put it in my notes. It's by an um, a artist na named Down Here. And they wrote this song called How Many Kings. And here's the lyrics to the song. How many kings step down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that has torn us apart? How many fathers gave up their son for me? Only one did that for me. That's what this season is all about. Only one did that for me. And his name, his name is Jesus. The last little story I'm going to close with really quick here that I, I just I thought it was worthy of mention. Um, this phrase right here captivated my attention yesterday. I was watching a, a, a sports documentary on ESPN. 
and it was about the basketball player, former basketball player Penny Hardaway, and how he's a coach at a local high school in Memphis, Tennessee. And he took over the coaching job for a, a childhood friend of his that um, was the head coach but got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And he asked Penny Hardaway to be the head coach and that this guy named Dez would be the assistant coach when he could make it because he was going through this aggressive cancer. And on the interview that I was watching yesterday, the ESPN analyst asked him as he got sick in the middle of the interview and he had to take a leave. And he comes back and she says, did you just get sick? And he said, yeah. And she says, why do you keep doing it? And he goes, because I love giving to the kids. And she said, well, it's taken so much out of you. And he looks back and he smiles and he says, but it's put so much in me. It's put so much in me. And if I could just close us with that word here today, that, you know, maybe it might take a lot out of you to be generous this season. Maybe it might take a lot out of you to say, you know what? Here's my son and I. We got a little flour and a little oil, but come on in instead. <laughs> That'll take something out of you right there where we stop putting conditions on our giving and we just start living a, a generous life. And it's so contagious and infectious in our city around us. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give us one way for us to be generous in this season. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for being generous to us, to your church, that you gave up your son for us. Thank you, Lord, that that you're so rich, you're so good, and you're so faithful. Lord, I pray that you would make us into a generous church, even more so that we've been this year. God, even as a two-year-old church, God, I'm humbled that, that, Lord Jesus, we support two churches financially. We support global work, God. We support... FCA, Fellowship Christian Athletes, the Women's Resource Center, we started a food pantry, all of these generous activities that we're being able to be a part of at Walk Church. I pray for more, God. Lord, I pray that you would give us more to give away, Lord, in good stewardship, Lord. Make us a generous church. God, thank you that our church has been able to meet benevolence needs for people in our community. I thank you that our church has been able to meet needs for people in our neighborhoods. God, I thank you that our church is able to meet here at Schofield and be generous to the school here. God, all these different ways we get to be generous. God, I pray that you would make us into a generous church, individually, one by one. And Lord, if we got some, some Ted's and Fred's in the room today that... I just feel like to do something like this would be crazy. God, I believe you're even crazier, Lord. That you would be willing to bless all the needs. Take us into those sea moments, God. Where you just provide and, 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 and we had no idea how you were going to do it. Lord, that's our prayer today. It's in Jesus' name that we ask. Amen. Amen. So here's my final word today on generosity, that this is a simple way for you to be generous. Um, we have these different invite cards that are here, and um, I'm going to pull them up on the screen for you. Um, and here's what it says. It says, something extra to show you that God loves you. All right? And this has our Christmas Eve service times on it, 10.30 and 4 o'clock p.m. And here's, here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to take one of these cards, and this is a, a generosity-specific card. And maybe you're, when you're at Starbucks this month, at some point, you say, you know what? I'm going to pay for the person's drink behind me. And I'm going to give them this card. And when they, when they look at it, they say, man, this is just a reminder that God loves me. Just a little something extra to show you that God loves you. I've seen people take cards like this, and maybe they'll, they'll even tape one of them to a gas pump and just put a, put a dollar in it. Someone's going to end up finding it, and they're going to take it. It's okay, but they're going to read this too. And maybe they'll say, you know what, Christmas Eve at Walk Church, just this act of generosity sparked something in me today. I encourage you to get creative with it. I want you to get creative and tell us what you're doing so we can talk about how to get more creative and be more generous. This is just an idea that I had. You know, hey, I'm going to use this. When I go to drive through a place, I might drive through Chick-fil-A. And I might say, you know what, I want to pay for uh, a chicken sandwich for the person behind me. Just give them this when they say why. Just something that show you that God loves you. That's all. But you got to be generous to do it, amen? You think it's something creative to give this to a person with. And we also have some regular invite cards that don't say this, just Christmas at Walk. But I want to ask you to do something like that this year. And just get generous. Just get generous. Well, I'm going to lead us into a time of generosity right now as we get ready to close. And th that has to do with our connection card and our envelopes right here. I know that we are getting close to the end of the year. Um, and some of you have uh, made mention about end of the year giving and things like that. You still have opportunity to do that. Um, you got three more weeks to make that happen, and we'd love to help you do that. We also have a connection card. If this is your first time here at Walk Church, I just want to invite you to fill this out. If you got a prayer request, every Monday morning we take these prayer requests. We have a group of leaders that pray specifically over you. We'd love to pray for your request this morning. If you need any information or you want us to follow up with you about anything at all, you can hit this right here, and we'd love to follow up with you. As our, our ushers begin to make their way down and pass the baskets, this is an opportunity for you to drop this in, as well as your tithe and offering envelope. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in your life, you say, you know what, I'm going to tithe. For the first time in your life, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to give an offering. We have three different ways for you to do that. You can do that here through the envelope. You can do that online at walkchurch.com. That's how my wife and I give. We just go to walkchurch.com. All of our info's in, in there, and we just, we got a, we got a regular um, you can even text to give, 702-830-7208, just trying to make it as seamless as possible for you to give. I don't want you just to hear this message and say, man, he's talking all about money. I want you to hear this about generosity. I want to be more generous. I want to look back in 2018 and say, I was more generous this year than I was last year. In 2019, I want to say, I was more generous this year than I was the year before. Would y'all go there with me? What if, what if we gave more away this year than we did last year? Wouldn't that be sweet? I believe God would bless that and honor that.